0: It's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide and connect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile is passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength, while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Aarons.
1: cecile aarons here host of get mental podcast thank you so much for tuning in i hope you all are experiencing a smooth as smooth as possible transition back to semi-normal life back to seeing people in the flesh and back to you know not having to wear a mask in certain environments I know some of the people I support um, have been kind of needing some support navigating this new normal. So I hope you all are doing okay with that. Um, But today I wanted to talk about workplace stress. And this is something that, you know, I think affects all of us um, in varying degrees, right? Most of us have a job or have had a job, And if you don't have a traditional kind of uh, place of employment, um, you might still have a certain role in your family system that is, you know, like a job, feels like a job, feels like something that you have to do. So you could also apply it to those situations. But in general, I'm just going to talk about traditional types of employment and how workplace stress has really, um, you know, affected Americans, I think more than any culture, I would argue, in a negative and significant way, and that's just my own personal anecdotal uh, opinion. Okay, um, just because we're such a work centric culture here in the states, and I've lived in three other countries, three other continents, um, lucky to be able to say that, and. This is, you know, uh, the most work-centric culture I've been in, and um, you know, there's not a lot of focus on. Even though we talk about work work-life balance a lot in actual practice, there's actually not a whole lot of focus on that, or not a whole lot of real meaningful solutions and practices to truly support a healthy work-life balance. Like for example, here in the states. You know, you're, it's it's so common to have two weeks of vacation. And then by the time, you know, you can have five weeks of vacation, you would have to have had, what, 10, 20, 30 years in that company. Whereas, for example, in Australia, four to five weeks vacation off the bat, fresh out of college is very common and very normal. Um, so that was kind of a culture shock for me when I, you know, started working in the States, um, having worked in Australia and having that kind of contrast. And, you know, it's just, uh, I think we can do better as a country, put it that way. But here we are, this is where we are, right? And we have to live with it. So I'm going to give you guys some tips on how to navigate workplace stress in our current culture. So first, I want to give you some statistics just for color, just to put this all in perspective. Um, According to the American Institute of Stress, The main causes of stress at work is um, they broke it down into these categories. 40% is workload related, okay? And I think many of us can attest to that if you've worked for an employer before, feeling like you just have way too much to do than time, you're never caught up, you're just overwhelmed, stressed out. And um, yeah, you're just, you've just got too much to do. They've put maybe too many things, you know, too many responsibilities in that one position. So 46%, 46% is work, load related, sorry, <laughs> 28% are related to people and interpersonal problems. People issues is what they call it here. So when I used to do a lot of EAP work, that's Employee Assistance Program, where we would um advise uh, employers and employees on how to kind of navigate some of the work issues that were arising. Interpersonal problems were one of the top ones that we had to counsel people on a lot, especially managers, like helping them manage, you know, um, difficult or challenging personalities um, and then vice versa with employees sometimes having issues with their employers and not knowing how to Kind of negotiate or approach their their supervisor, so we we helped with that. But this is I'm surprised it's actually twenty eight percent because anecdotally in my experience this was a big part of the issue. It's just people not getting along, you know, not knowing how to communicate, not knowing how to resolve conflict in a win win way. And, um, you know, gossiping and just lots of dysfunctional, inappropriate behaviors, right, that can happen in the workplace. So anyway, that's a big chunk of the stress um, that is attributed to workplace stress. 20% is, you know, juggling work life and personal life. So that work-life balance um, can be really hard to strike for most of us. And then 6% of the stress is related to the lack of job security, the lack of job security. This is a pretty um, old survey though. This was done in early 2000s. So I'm thinking this is probably, uh, the numbers here are probably a little bit um, higher now, I'm assuming, Um, and I don't know why they don't have anything more current. So that's just kind of one way to think about this, right? That A, most people have experienced workplace stress. B, workplace stress is usually um, caused and perpetuated by a number of different factors, right? And, you know, oftentimes we really want to look at the things we can control and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more towards the middle of the talk where I talk about coping skills and strategies okay um but also I want to talk about um you know I just want to mention something from the Center for Workplace Mental Health right why it's important for us to address this. And this is something we, you know, most of us, I think already have a sense of, but just to kind of legitimize this for you all, this is uh, officially um, from the uh, Center for Workplace Mental Health, which basically uh, talks about what stress does to our bodies. Okay, So excessive stress can damage key brain structures and circuitry. And, you know, this isn't new to people in the mental health field, but right for for you all who are listening, there are real sometimes permanent damage that prolonged acute excessive stress does to our brain and our bodies. So that's reason number 1. why it's important to not ignore it and to, you know, find ways to intervene when you're in a in a stress cycle, right? The more chronic the stress, I know the harder it can be. But again, I'm going to talk about coping strategies a little later on. Prolonged stress can also start to develop PTSD. And this is what I see Um, possibly because I specialize in trauma, right? Where a toxic work culture, an oppressive abusive toxic work culture has now created actual PTSD that meets diagnostic criteria for PTSD, right? Not just subjective PTSD, not just somebody thinking they might have PTSD or to the point where I'm like, no, you clinically have PTSD. You have met all the criteria and you, you know, If you're there, you are where you are, right? It's never too late. But if you're just starting to kind of wonder, you know how bad this is for you, but you're not sure, it's much better to intervene at the earlier stages of pain and stress if you recognize it, better safe than sorry. Um, Because then, you know, not only will you be hopefully feeling better sooner, but you could also start to, um turn it around and um maybe you know make some some real changes in the workplace. It's not always leaving your job is not always the solution. Sometimes there are things that can be done to modify or improve your current situation. Um sometimes it's too late to do that though if there has been a lot of kind of conflict and issues, right? So, I always recommend like if you're if you're struggling and you're not sure, it's better to just get help you know sooner if you have the resources and the worst thing that can happen is you know a you feel better sooner or somebody the professional says listen like this is probably not you know something uh worth really stressing out about and kind of help you connect the dots in a different way right but in either case if it's never too late just If you're wondering, you know, if it's time to get some support and help, you know, most likely just say yes to that, okay? Um, The other thing that excessive stress does is it really reduces our immune functioning, right? Because your stress is, sorry, stress is really hard on our bodies and you're just working kind of overtime in a way. You're hyper aroused, your brain's going, all right? Because you're thinking, you're analyzing, you're worrying. Um, And your body, your organs are just kind of in a tense, contracted state. So that can really create a lot of physical problems, right, for us when we're stressed. And so imagine if that's you and you're at work feeling that way a lot. You're probably not feeling that great physically, right? You can get really tired, fatigued, inflammation, you know, worsens or develops you can get depressed you can get anxious you can start to lose sleep you can start to have like you know anger problems and substance abuse problems and relationship problems like the impact goes on and on and on and we really cannot underestimate the power that workplace stress has on us. Okay, because we spend so much of our time, remember what I said earlier, we are such a workplace-centric culture, we spend so much of our time at work, and when we're not at work, many of us are still doing work or thinking about work. And if you're stressed out about work, then what are you doing when you're not at work? You're probably, right, processing it, venting about it, talking about it, or trying to shut it down through substances and all sorts of, like coping skills. So it just really becomes a vicious cycle and it's not really going to serve you or anybody in the long run to ignore it, okay? So that's what I wanna say about that. Um, A level of stress is healthy. Let me just say that disclaimer, meaning not all stress is bad, right? And it's, it's reasonable to expect a certain level of stress, but the idea here is if the stress is not causing a whole lot of negative impact on your life, it's not causing a lot of, you know, issues, it feels like you're managing it, it's contained, um, then that's that's great, right? That's what most of us strive for and that's what most of us help people with, you know, as therapists. But what we're talking about here is chronic anxiety, acute, meaning it's at the level where it really is starting to impact your functioning, your quality of life, the way you feel about work, the way you feel about yourself, the way you feel about the world, you know. um, And you're starting to have symptoms, mental health type symptoms and physical symptoms. So um, irritable bowel syndrome, for example. Is kind of a common one, or headaches, you know, kind of these very unexplained, undefined types of symptoms, right? That where you don't really have like a medical diagnosis, but you just always feel like off and in some kind of pain. That probably is because of the inflammation, right? That the stress is causing. So that's why I'm spending some time talking about this on the podcast because this is something that really affects our quality of life, whether we know it or not, right? And the upside is when you have a job where you really you feel fulfilled, you feel good, you feel valued, you feel respected, you feel empowered. I mean, it is such like a great mood booster. You know, people who are in those environments are t- typically very happy, very satisfied, lots of, um. They have a great sense of well being, right? They're very hopeful about their future. That's the contrast. That's, you know, it's not utopia, nothing's perfect, right? But that's the difference between a healthy work environment for you, right? It's not preoccupying you versus a toxic or unhealthy work environment for you, okay? So, how do we cope? How do we cope with this? So, I always start with the basics, right? and that means body 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 first if we can okay nutrition looking at your diet seeing if you could improve your sleep and increase your exercise okay because i'm very foundational when i work with people meaning you know if we're going to build a foundation of health some most of the time we want to start at the basic level right but sometimes I know it's hard for people to get sleep or make healthy choices around food or exercise because you know, if you're very depressed or anxious or you're just, yeah, you just have a lot of kind of negative thoughts and you're not feeling very empowered, then it'll be hard for you to make those choices. So sometimes we go we go kind of the opposite way. We, we address some of those things first and then make slowly start to help you make some healthier changes. OK, so it doesn't matter, you know, where we start, but. The idea here is you really can't combat stress without a certain level of healthy diet, sleep, and exercise. That's part of the equation. Like, there is no skipping that. (laughs) That's just part of, you know, being human and being in a physical body that we have to take care of that part of our lives. Okay. So that's that. The second thing is your social and uh, your social functioning, your and relationships. Sometimes, what really can be protective when you're in a very stressful work environment is having loving, connective, um, understanding relationships to come home to. Or if you're single and you don't quite have that, maybe you have friends or coworkers, right? Some kind of emotional social support is really important to combat the stress that you're absorbing when you're at work. Because when you're not at work, you're still, you're still pretty much dealing with it, right? So it really helps to have somebody who, you know, um, can understand and, and just validate, you know, whenever appropriate, what you're experiencing. The tricky part with this is, if your stress is chronic and persistent, right? And there are ongoing issues at work, there's only so much your social support can really keep listening to. (laughs) And that's okay because it's hard to hold space for that all the time, especially if there is no movement, right? Not just from your your coworker or your boss or your workplace, but also from you, if you're stuck yourself it's hard for people that you love, no matter how much they love you, to have just a limited, limitless amount of patience and compassion and understanding, right? So that's where it would be helpful to consider um, seeking a professional, okay? Um, because you can tell us whatever you want to tell us, how many times you want to tell us, <laughs> you can repeat it, you know, over and over again, which sometimes happens. You know, I'm just, I'm just kind of being cute here um, hopefully it's coming across that way and we understand why that is. we understand why you know there's kind of a maybe you're feeling stuck or um, there's a feedback loop there that keeps happening and that's part of why we exist right is to help you unstuck yourself so it's 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 not something that we are gonna judge you for it's gonna be something that we are gonna try to help you with with compassion and understanding, okay? So EAP, most of you probably have an employee assistance program. That's what EAP stands for. And the other letters after my name, I don't, it's not like I have a lot. It's like LCSW for Clinical Social Worker and then ECEAP, which is Certified Employee Assistance Program. And that is basically an employer paid benefit. You, you have sometimes up to three sessions, of no cost counseling. So that's really more for assessment, right? And sometimes it goes up to six, sometimes up to 12 of no cost, zero cost to you. And it's completely confidential, even though the employer is paying for it, it's, it's still your medical record and they won't have access to it. They cannot have access to it by law. So it's a very safe and affordable way to start to see somebody, some people who are um, versed in EAP they actually use it a lot, you know, for different issues. And some EAP plans actually um, also cover your dependents, either your family members or people who live with you, and they get the same plan as you do. So it's it's just a great benefit overall, um, and it's your employer's way of basically saying we care about your mental health and. We're putting our money, you know, where, where our mouth is, right? Because they're already paying for this. Whether you use it or not, they pay for it. And if they don't, if you guys don't use it, they don't get the money back. It's not like the insurance company is gonna reimburse them, right? So that to me shows a level of commitment from the employer. So take advantage of it. Or use your insurance if you know that's a better option. Sometimes medications might be part of the picture here, especially if you're experiencing like chronic symptoms. Sometimes you recommend it for short-term just to kind of get get your baseline a little better so that we can actually work on some coping skills. And sometimes it might be like a long-term thing because maybe you have something that was undiagnosed, you know, so always be open to that. Medical leave is another option, okay? especially if it's really starting to affect your job and your job's kind of like starting to be at risk, that's the time to consider that because, you, you know, it wouldn't be fair to you to be let go or fired because of a mental health or medical issue, right? Like that's why medical leaves ex- exist. It's, it's really to protect you and to protect your job. So, you know, if you were in therapy, like those are some of the options we would start to talk about, depending on how severe your symptoms are or your your stress is. Um, sometimes you might have to go to rehab if we're talking about chemical dependency issues here. You know, and again, that that's that's your right. Uh, that's protected. You shouldn't be um, fired because of that, right? Especially if you're the one, you know, in 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 uh, volunteering that information because that is a medical considered a medical condition Um, and you know obviously there's some exceptions to everything here but generally speaking these are these are medically um, legitimate reasons to go on medical leave Uh, so that's another um, another option that doesn't mean that you know the workplace issues will all of a sudden disappear but sometimes right we have to kind of stop the bleeding and and make the most important thing the most important thing and so some depending on when you kind of come in to see a professional sometimes you're at that level where you actually need to take some time off first before you can address some of these other things and attend to your own physical or mental health and other times it's like you know really like it's not that bad and we can start to really think about solutions and help you take certain steps to empower you and to help you become an active participant in the solutions You know um, that can really positively impact your life, okay? So speaking of solutions, focus on solutions as well, not just the problem, right? When we're stressed and we're unhappy or disgruntled the tendency is we focus on all the things that are wrong, all the things that didn't go right, all the things that are not working, all the things the boss said or the coworker said. And while all of them may be true, what we focus on is what gets bigger. So I'm not saying ignore it, right? Like in therapy, we help people acknowledge what's going on and then learn coping skills to shift the focus as well to what is going great in your life? What is still good in your life, right? Or what are some solutions that we can actually think of, you know? Um, You probably have heard this sentiment, right? That a lot of times employers, you know, don't want an employee who just keeps talking about the problems, they also want you to come up with like suggestions or solutions right and as an employer I definitely can appreciate that um and sometimes you know we don't always have all the answers as employers right and so it's a collaborative effort but you do want your employer obviously to show some leadership but you know go in there you can go in there and start talking to your boss or your chain of command and maybe suggest right a process improvement or suggest uh you know, a certain way to improve a problem that you're running into. Um, if it's even if it's interpersonal, even if it's, you know, Betty down the hall that really is, you know, annoying or whatever, right? There, if you really sit down and slow it down, there's probably some kind of workaround or solution. And sometimes the solution is systemic. Meaning, right, you got to change a certain process. And sometimes the solution is within just you and it's an internal process, which leads me to kind of the next phase, right, of how you can cope. If the things that you're talking about are just not gonna be immediately systemically resolved, right, which many problems in the workplace are that way, Then you are left with controlling the controllables internally, meaning your attitude, your responses, your communication, and how you take care of yourself, okay? Your attitude, your communication, your responses, and how you take care of yourself. Those are the things you still have control over, okay? So you want to start to reflect on that. What can I do to take care of myself a little bit better? If I were to be honest with myself, could I work on my communication or my patience, right? If I were to be honest with myself, what would have I done differently in that scenario? What could have I said differently in that scenario? So really starting to adopt a conscious, reflective way, of showing up at work, right? Because sometimes we do have to be the change that we want to be. And sometimes even when we are that way, I know it doesn't mean that the situation changes or that that person will magically change, but even if they don't, if you can show up that way, it's still gonna help you feel a lot more empowered, right? And still can help you feel kind of like, like you know, help you depersonalize what's happening, okay? So these are some of the skills too that, you know, therapists help with is helping you make sense of what's happening, helping you perceive it in a healthier way, helping you kind of discern when to act, when not to act, you know? So there's a lot of unconscious things unconscious processes that happen when we're stressed, when we're triggered, when we're activated, when we're escalated, right? Which is what stress typically does to us. So it's really important that if you are one of those dealing with chronic, persistent, prolonged stress, that you get professional support because there's gonna be some things that you're not gonna, it's not gonna be kind of in your consciousness that we probably could help you with, right? Sometimes, you know, the solution might be, oh, I just quit my job, right? Maybe you're in that situation where you could just do that. And yeah, that's probably gonna help tremendously. But in my experience, there's still some kind of like residual stuff, you know, that can start to occur. Um, just kind of some leftover resentment, anger, and you know, if you have PTSD, which which I've had those cases, quitting your job is not not always enough. Sometimes you still need to process the impact and and um, make sense of it, right, and put it in its proper perspective, and that's where therapy can really help. The other thing i want to say is you know how we function at work usually reflects how we function in life and how we function in life usually reflects how we function at work so the two are typically intertwined and if we're not aware enough we could really start to misperceive and misinterpret certain events that are happening at work. And we could start to think it's just at work that this is happening, right? But when we start to kind of unpack it and look at like larger patterns, oftentimes, right, if you're doing the work, you're gonna start to recognize the connection, the larger pattern, You know, so for example, if you're not asserting yourself with your boss or a supervisor, oftentimes you're also not doing a whole lot of that in your personal life, right? Or if somebody rubs you the wrong way or you're getting into conflict with a certain personality and you can't quite put your finger on it when we unpack that, we usually, usually not always, but usually find kind of a, an, an original wound somewhere else and now it's manifesting at work, you know? Um, and maybe a certain person reminds you of somebody in your past, a caretaker, right? Or certain family dynamics that are getting repeated at work but in a professional version And so you're having kind of a similar response to how you were in that family system, but now it's happening at work. Does that make sense? So some of these things aren't just, um, it's not, there's more than than meets the eye, basically. Um, So just keep that in mind, you know? Is how I'm functioning at work how I'm functioning in life? And then is how I'm functioning in life how I'm functioning at work, right? Um, usually there's a lot of crossover there. The good news is we can help you figure that out. You don't have to do this all by yourself. And we can help you like with how to show up differently and how to feel like, you know, empowered and how to truly recognize where your limits are, where your boundaries are, and where your power and choice lies. Because I know, because I've been there too, you know, I mean, like I said, I think we've all experienced work stress and toxic work culture, right? It can feel like you're stuck there, especially if you're vested and you have all of these, you know, years you've invested there and all this retirement money and a career and, you know, and you're just kind of like, just the thought of leaving that just feels so overwhelming, you know, some people can start to feel really stuck. But the reality is you always have options. Most of the time, we really do. But it's a matter of right working through that, working through our fear, getting clear, you know, and having a plan, you know. So, um those are the kind of the the the, the bigger things that um, we can help you with. This is this really exploring that and giving yourself permission to to desire and to dream for something better, right? So there's a, there's a multi multifaceted type of approach. Sometimes it's right, systemic issues, and then there are systemic solutions and you have a work culture who supports it. Other times it might be that you have to look at yourself and your own patterns and start working on that and get honest about that. And then other times it might be that, you know, you have to really uh, reevaluate the job altogether. Maybe you need to change departments, right? Maybe you need to, um, you know, eventually have a plan to quit that job, right? It just depends on what your long-term goals are and where where you are in life and what stage of change you're in. So like I said, there, there's, always, there's always options. We're not as stuck as we think we are, you know? Um, so that's the beauty of having somebody to talk to about it consistently. Last thing I wanna say about this is if you're in a toxic work culture, First of all, I just want to acknowledge how awful that is, OK? Um, I know you're stressed. I know you're probably feeling stuck and feeling powerless or afraid or anxious. You might have PTSD already and using all sorts of coping skills to deal with it. I just want to say I, I get it. I see you. I don't hear you, but I, I totally, I feel the pain of that. Um, and you know, that comes from a place of not not that I've had like those extreme experiences, but that comes from a place of just knowing what stress and trauma can do, and also just from years of doing this and helping people like deal with all sorts of workplace stress, different levels of work, workplace stress. Um, toxic work culture is real, and a toxic work culture can take a, a, a complex recovery process and it can create mental health problems okay it can create listen to me create mental health problems it can create depression ptsd substance abuse etc so the thing to do when you're in this in this type of environment is see if you can create safety for yourself in small manageable ways right especially if you don't feel safe speaking up or if there's retaliation or all sorts of dysfunctional stuff. You do wanna be careful. You do wanna be smart about your moves and you do want to pick your battles, right? It's, it's very similar to being in an abusive relationship with a, a partner, you know? You can't just be open and transparent about how you feel and what you think, because there are real consequences in toxic, abusive work environments. So you can start to create safety for yourself by looking at your chain of command, who might be safe, right? Who might be open enough for me to talk to, especially if there's hostile work environment, you're being harassed, all sorts of illegal and ethical stuff going on, you definitely need support. If if those people are not safe enough then you might want to go to HR. If HR is also part of the toxicity, which sometimes that happens, you might want to consider talking to an attorney. Okay? Um but when in doubt, start with therapy because we can help you problem solve these things and we can discuss with you your options. You know, and help you kind of figure out which which move feels comfortable for you, right? Because you essentially you have to be ready to take those steps and you know to kind of take certain risks. But we can help you with all of that, right? But know that you are not alone. You don't have to do this alone and you certainly don't have to put up with it, right? You have options. You have options. This is what I'm saying. And you still have power and choice. Whether you believe that or not, that is still, that doesn't change the fact that you have power and choice. And, you know, give yourself the, the, the gift of support, okay? Because remember what I said earlier on in the beginning, how stress really affects our brain, our bodies. It can damage us physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and sometimes even financially, okay? So please take what I'm saying to heart. I hope this was informative as always, and I hope this you know um, inspires you to take some steps to take care of yourself and take your mental health seriously. And uh, yeah, if you're in California, then certainly we can help you. You can check out transcendtherapyca.com, transcendtherapyca.com. For more information, we're also on Instagram under Get Mental Podcast and Transcend Therapy, Inc. We have two different um, Instagram accounts. And if you by any chance want to learn more about me, you can also check out cecileearns.com, cecileearns.com, And uh, yeah, that's about it. I, I do hope that, again, you know, this was educational um and gives you a sense of hope about the fact that you're not stuck and there's people there who can help you through it okay so we've reached the end thank you so much for listening like i always say be well be gentle get mental because we all have issues bye for now
0: Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons.